Before I press play on this podcast, I would like to take a second to thank to Craig Brady from coffeeshop.ie for his generous donation to this podcast. Craig, I promise I'll get some amazing corned beef with some Irish whiskey and I will think of you while enjoying this. Thanks again. You are awesome. Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you or more precisely us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hey coffee guys, uh, how is your day? Welcome to Coffee Is Me podcast. I'm your host, Valerian Rala. I'm happy to announce that we have amazing, beautiful, sunny weather, which is awesome because I just returned from Europe and man, I'm jet lagged. So all that sun will heal my jet lag very, very soon. I hope 2017 is treating you awesome and you are ready to make a dent in the coffee universe. I was keeping busy. As I said, I visited Europe. Uh, I visited my company, Green Plantation, and our wholesale accounts. And man, I had a blast. I met so many awesome people in a coffee world, in a food world, you know, I gained tons of weight because I was just munching awesome things. And before I went to Slovakia, we recorded a new course for coffeecourses.com with amazing uh, Marcus Young. It's about direct trade. So I think there's a lot of awesome information. It's available for members only so far, but you know, soon we're going to put it up on sale too. We just want to make sure that members like it. Remember guys, last year I promised you that, you know, soon I will create a podcast on how we built Unleashed Coffee. Unleashed Coffee is my coffee brand here in United States. I teamed up with a coffee farmer from Brazil, William Murad, and we created Unleashed Coffee. So for the next four plus episodes, you guys are going to learn how we built a coffee brand. And obviously, it's, it's a very new coffee brand. You know, it's, it's just a start. So we're going to make even more episodes in the future. But I felt that we're kind of slowly forgetting, you know, how the whole thing started. And I did not want to leave it, you know, just like that. So me and William, we came together and we created these four episodes about how to build your coffee brand. And this can work for any other brand. It doesn't have to be only coffee. So in this episode number one, you will learn a little bit more about William. I'll, as usually, I will ask about his uh, coffee story. And then we are going to reveal how was the idea born. And it's interesting that William had a different path to this uh, idea of Unleashed Coffee than I did. And man, I tell you, I did not want to have another company on my back. I mean... I really did not want to have another company, but as you will hear from from the story, the idea was so solid and I just felt like it's it's really something new and innovative in the industry and I wanted to be part of it. That that's my problem, you know. If I see something very new, something very innovative, I always want to be part of it. You will learn how our idea was born and maybe you get inspired, maybe you have some similar stories and and it can uh, become an idea for your brand. But in our case, you know, we started this as partners. So I was really curious, you know, why did William select me? And 
And this is a pretty awesome part. This is one of my favorite parts of the podcast because we did not rehearse this. I sent William the questions a day ahead and I asked him very precisely that, William, do not practice this. Just read them through and make sure that, you know, you kind of have an idea what you're going to say, but do not practice this. Just think about them. So William will reveal why he selected me and I'll tell him why did I select him him as my partner for Unleash Coffee. What did I see in him that he's going to be a good partner? Not only that, but then I wanted to turn the tables and just ask about our deficiencies. What would William upgrade on me? And I also tell William what would I upgrade on him again, unrehearsed. And as you can hear uh, from the podcast, we had a lot of fun doing this. And after that, we're going to tell you how we named our company. And, you know, if you think that's an easy process for us, it was a pretty complex one and, and pretty complicated. But I hope you will get some valuable information from this. You know, it's, um, <laughs> we felt it's very important to have a name which reveals the story. It's very important to have a name which the, um, the customers will remember and can, can kind of, you know, embrace it. All right, guys, I apologize uh, for my uh, weird voice. I was really sick when recording this podcast. So uh, I hope you can bear with that. Okay, have fun. All right, guys, welcome in another episode of Coffee's Me podcast. This time we're going naked. We're going naked because we are going to reveal our company. And my host is my also my business partner, William Murad. Welcome, William. Thank you very much, Valerian. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you and all your listeners. I love your podcast, uh, not because I'm your business partner, but I've been uh, listening to it since I met you. It's a great pleasure. Oh, thanks. That's kind of cool. I mean, the funny thing is that uh, we created these questions together, but we did not rehearse the answers. So it will be kind of fun for both of us to kind of see how we remember things. And the idea is that we go step by step uh, explaining how we started our coffee roasting uh, company, uh, what are the differences between other companies, and you know maybe give you some inspiration how, how you can start your own, or you know if you're already running something, maybe there's something you should test out, and, and, and maybe it will help you guys. All right, William, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. So usually I have these... You know, kind of warm-up question. The very first question is who you are. And, you know, because these guys who are listening are coffee guys, it's always about your first cup of coffee or your first meeting with coffee. So do you remember the first time you drank your coffee and how was it? I, I do. And it is a very funny and inspiring story. I was six years old and I was uh, home alone. Uh, I was in Brazil and my parents weren't at home. My great grandmother came. She rang the bell and so I knew obviously it was her. She came in and I felt that I needed to do something. So what did I do? I took her to the kitchen. I served her some cookies and I made coffee for her. A well, six-year-old? Six years old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, obviously that became like a family uh, family history. Everywhere she would go and I would be around, she would uh, uh, tell that story to everybody. And I would hear from, hear from other people that she told the story about me. And uh, it, 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 even when she was very old and her memory was not the greatest, 
when she would see me, she would remember that very uh, 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 story. And so my first cup of coffee was when I was actually six years old. I don't remember how it, uh, 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 it tasted at that time. I'm pretty sure it was not as good as if I would do one today. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was uh, very early uh, uh, back in the days. So one thing we did not reveal is that you grew up on a coffee f- on your family uh, farm, coffee farm in Brazil. Uh, was it a coffee from your farm? Yes, it was from our farm, and yes, I did. I did grow up go- going to the farm every weekend and spending all my vacation there. My cousins would come over. Uh, all our family, we own farms or we used to own, we, we still own ours, but um, we would uh, go from farm to farm and spend time with our cousins and just not just having fun playing around, but we would also work from collecting plastic bags from the seedlings when we're planting new coffees and we would get like 10 cents for each one that we would collect um, all the way to like herding cattle uh, I, I learned a lot of things around the farm and how to do things around the farm with my dad very, very early on. So it was a mix of uh, having fun with uh, learning how important it would be uh, in my life to, to work at the farm and, and, and yeah, just appreciating uh, working in my whole life. Okay, uh, we are, now we are teasing people. So uh, explain us or tell us how does your farm look like? Because you said cattle, you said coffee. So how does your farm look like? Yeah. To me, our farm, it's a great combination of everything I'd like to see in one. We have natural water springs, natural and man-made small lakes, tons of green everywhere, natural untouched forests, planted trees, tons of fruit trees around the house. I mean, you name it. Uh, most tropical fruits will have it there. Uh, livestock from... Uh, commercial to non-commercial we we call them they're happily living around the house some of them they even recognize our voice especially my dad's voice because uh, <laughs> they know they're gonna get food um, <laughs> different kinds of plantations and obviously coffee right beautiful coffee plantations um, I'd say that my parents uh, especially my mom she does an amazing job keeping everything at the house and around the house in such incredible conditions, everything's so clean. Uh, anytime I show pictures, people ask me, "Can I visit?" Even uh, coworkers here in the US, they they ask me, "When when can I go? Can I harvest coffee?" They don't know how hard that is, but uh, they do <laughs> ask. <laughs> uh, and the, the last thing I actually heard from my parents is that uh, now they also have internet. It's a uh, fairly Ooh, new. Cool. It's super slow. But uh, it works to exchange messages on Skype. So I, I'll take that any day versus not having anything. Oh, that's cool. That, that's nice to hear. I remember uh, you, you described now the fruit trees. I remember when uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, a mango freak. And uh-huh. you saw in my kitchen some mangoes and you commented, oh, my God, I cannot eat them because I have so many of them. And I was like so jealous. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> because I was in Hawaii and I had the real mango. And man, that tastes so diff- so much better than the mango from, you know, from the supermarket here. Yeah, so. it, it, you're, you are you're right because all the, the fruits are ripe, right? You pick them ripe. You don't pick them green and cheap all over the world. And uh, yeah, mango, I remember that joke because not even cattle likes mango anymore at our farm. It's oh too much. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you need me there. <laughs> <laughs> we exchange people eating mangoes for helping us around the farm, huh? picking coffee. 
<laughs> nice, okay. I think the mangoes will still be there. <laughs> well, it will be surprising. You know, I have a lot of people who ask me the same question. You know, when can we go help William to harvest coffee? I was like, man, you don't know what you're asking for, but okay. Exactly. The answer is anytime. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. Cool. All right. So that's your farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, let's let's go to our business because, you know, this is a podcast is for people who, you know, want to run a business or they're interested in a coffee industry, you know. Sure. Uh, so th- describe how did we meet? And after you describe that, I will, I will correct you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I met you at the uh, uh, Boot Coffee booth at the SCAA in Seattle back in 2014, if I remember correctly. I, uh, I met uh, you and uh, Jody. Uh, both of you guys, I remember clearly, were very nice to me. We exchanged business cards. And at that time, I was uh, already researching a lot about coffee beyond the farm and how I could uh, bring our coffees uh, to, to the U.S. And um, so I, I still remember walking in and seeing you guys. And it's a very pleasant conversation. And I think that the the, the best of all was, well, I knew uh, uh, Boot uh, Coffee was from my area here, but I didn't know we would live uh, so close. Right? In fact, uh, I after I came over to your place, I realized that when I came to the United States, I was living just two blocks from your house. So uh, <laughs> what a coincidence. But yeah, that's how... That's how I met you, and I, I, I would say when it comes to the idea of Unleash Coffee, it, it was obviously that was the biggest milestone, and um, but it, 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 I would say it was a combination of really having uh, uh, that making that decision back in Brazil in 2012, uh, and then fast forward to 2014, and now we're fasting forward to 2017. So uh, Unleashed, uh, it's a, the fruition of those dreams putting together beautifully through those milestones. Okay, you mentioned milestones, so let's talk about milestones. You already started a, uh, a topic of how the... I, I don't, well, let me first start that I have nothing to correct about how we met because <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> and so how was the uh, idea of Unleashed born? And a few yeah. times people ask us this, and you have a slightly different answer than I do. It's it's very similar, but slightly different answer. So so let, let's go with that. You mentioned the milestones. Let's go through them. Yeah. So so the first milestone, obviously, I think for any coffee farmer out there listening to your podcast, and even to the roasters who have a connection to the farmer, we all know, right? If we farmers, we see the prices of coffee being traded all over the world and the price that we get for our coffee. And, and the question is always the same. Why is such a big gap? And the second question is, I, I, well, I, I want to sell my coffee to that, that way. How, how to do it? Um, so we all had that, that those questions. And, um, but, you know, you're focused on operations. And my parents at the farm, the only thing that they know is to, to, to be farmers. Right? They're not biz- businessmen or bu- businesswomen. They, they, they know how to be farmers. And I have a slightly different background right, coming from the IT industry. But um, a very unfortunate event happened to us in the December December 27th, 2012, and, and unfortunately, we're part of a co-op, and, and we learned that just just overnight, just like that, we lost 1,500 bags of coffee, or 1,500, 130-pound bags, or over 
thousand pounds. And obviously, that was a shock to the family. My parents were depressed. It's something that I don't even like to talk very much. I I like to tell that story so people really understand uh, how being a farmer and working with what we call the middleman can be challenging, not so much uh, to the sense that uh, you're not selling your coffee for for a premium but all these people you know they didn't care about us nobody actually did and so the the idea started there how uh, it was a promise to my parents that i would do my very best whatever it takes within my power to make sure that that uh, catastrophe would never happen to them again sorry to interrupt you but uh, just to i don't want to really uh, go deep in that story but you said it's lost what do you mean it got lost yeah, um, the director, it, I, I'll try to make it very short. But uh, so the director of the COP uh, got a signed document from the president who should not have done this, giving him full power to do whatever he wanted. And what he did, he started selling coffee as like foraging signatures as if the farmer would have authorized. And instead of depositing their money to the farmer's accounts uh, or well first of all he should not even have sold the coffee but what he did he was depositing the money in other people's accounts his accounts his family's accounts and and well a long story short we it was this scheme that he built around himself that he sold 33,000 bags of coffee from the whole co-op many different cities and the money simply vanished, disappeared. And wow. when we got when we got that call, and uh, uh, luckily I was there, and I went with my parents. And I remember the we called the police, of course, and and we brought our lawyer. And uh, there was nothing. We we opened we opened the warehouse, and there were a few like big bags full of coffee husk. Uh, nothing else, and everything was gone. Obviously, the guy at that time he was long gone, and um, it, yeah, it was just like that. So when I say overnight, it was really overnight. Uh, December twenty sixth, right after Christmas, uh, we thought everything was fine. Uh, we were happy that uh, we were in a, a, a finan- financial financial stable situation, and on December twenty seventh in the morning. Uh, I get a call and say, William, uh, uh, you guys, you need to come to the headquarters of the cop. And when we went there, oh, man, it, it was worse than that was sitting at the kitchen table with my parents crying and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't work. They, it, it, it was it, it was heartbreaking. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay, so milestones. Yeah, so... Uh, let's go. Th- I, I'm a, I'm an optimistic guy, right? As you know by now. So I that story I like to tell people because y- you think that those things will never happen to you, right? But they do, unfortunately. But the good. But the, let's go for to the good milestone, the positive one, and that's when I went to the SCAA and I'm well, I met you there, and then. But the the actual milestone, the culmination of it was when I came back and I brought my coffee uh, over to you. And I remember you roasted it uh, uh, for us to do the cupping, and you were spot on on the feedback about our coffee, and uh, I was impressed. I thought, wow, this there's 
yes, there's so much to learn. It's not simply I want to sell my coffee uh, to, uh, you know, in another country or directly to a roaster. There's so much more to learn beyond just producing the green beans. And uh, I thought that, uh, well, my best work would be to make sure that I could bring the green, green beans with their best quality to the United States and, uh, and sell them here. And I've heard from a few buyers uh, uh, that, uh, well, William, we don't, if you really want a premium for a coffee, we just, we just don't buy commodity coffee. We buy coffee with a story. And I remember going back to you and you were very, very kind always and talking about coffee and you said, William, why don't you do the whole thing? And I told you like, because I know I don't know a lot of those things that I needed. Uh, I can't simply uh, let my career on the side or in the back burner and focus on this. I would be uh, then ruining my dream at that time. And and then you said, well, uh, maybe I can help you. And I think that was the, the, the second milestone in bringing Unleash Coffee to life. We realized that, hey, we can uh, join forces and we can build a, a pretty unique business that uh, we have uh, uh, no recollection of uh, anything else similar. Yeah, well, so the story is similar then. Um, I... I well, thank you for first of all sharing the painful story. I know you don't like to talk about it, and I was not even expect that you will reveal that all the way on the podcast. But let this be the history here. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, for me, when you came here, you know, I, I always like to have fun with people. You know, I have you know some podcast listeners came here even from Germany, you know, and visited, and we had fun with coffee, visiting places, and talking coffee, and. <clears throat> In you, I saw that, man, you are here in the Bay Area. You see Brazilian coffee sold between 18 to $27 a pound, and you, you're selling it for like between one and one half dollar uh, a pound green. And I was like, well, if you want to get to that point, you have to really sell it as roasted. And, uh, you know, I never understood the why is it like that? Because... I know that, especially in the Bay Area, we love to brag about how important the farmer is. If you look all the coffee brands, they brag about it. You know, it's like there's always pictures of the farmer. There's always a story behind the coffee. And I'll be very honest here. The same for Green Plantation, my solar company. We always make a picture of the coffee farmer because we know that coffee sells. The story of the coffee sells. Yet, you know, I was thinking that. Nobody has that what you can have at that time, because at that time, you're not sure that we start a company that is the, the direct contact with the farmer. So basic farmer sells the coffee. I knew very few companies in Hawaii who do that, who are farmers and they sell the coffee, but nothing else. So I thought that this is an instant success and I'm so happy that I'm a part of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And it's, to us, it's uh, it's very fulfilling to have the chance to pursue that dream because what we learned throughout the years, when we would bring amazing uh, uh, coffee lots, and, and I, I remember clearly one year my dad said, William, this year I want to do things different. I'm going to harvest the coffee in three times. I'm going to just pick the ripe cherries. Well, guess what? That year we 
didn't sell the coffee for a price that was even enough to pay what we spent. Mm -hmm. We were in the red, we had to take bank loans. It took us three years to pay the debt. And that at that time we realized that, well, <laughs> at that time, that was many years ago, we thought we're never gonna do this again. And uh, so what we, use, what we see in the commodities market is that we, we can sell our coffee very easily. We never have a problem. I always, I told you that before and I tell everybody, I'm always a phone call away of selling whichever many bags I want to sell any day of any day of the year. But if you have an amazing lot and you have a lot that it's just the bare minimum for a commodity grade, you don't get anything extra, anything. So there's literally there's no incentive to go above and beyond. Uh, and and so it's to me, it's awesome that I now I finally have the chance through Unleashed to talk to my dad again uh, about quality, right? about getting better every year and not hopefully one day not having to worry about the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Very cool. You know, you had that painful experience, you know, uh, to be frank, I started a few businesses. I also had my painful experiences and yet we met and we fall in love with each other, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> really. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm very conservative when it comes to partners and starting businesses because I got burned a few times in the past. Mm. Yet, uh, we decided to go uh, for it. So I get this question very, very often. So I want to elaborate a little bit about how to choose a partner for your business. So what were your criteria when you, so let's say start, let's start with what are your criteria when selecting your partners for any kind of business or project, whatever you do. I see. And then why did you select me? Okay. Um, I typically, well, so my answer is I typically don't select. I do it all by myself. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know that. It's actually true. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, uh, when I do when I do choose parts, and I know that it's very important that I'm very happy to work with a team of talented people. But in your, specifically when choosing a, a partner that it's going to be there with you, right, for the long run, primarily it has to be somebody that I trust. To me, that's crucial. And that's how I hire people anywhere, at the farm, in my IT career. Everybody that I approach, I have to trust that person. Otherwise, th there's nothing else there, at least to me. Then once the trust has been established, uh, then I look for somebody that can complement my skill sets. And somebody that's really good in areas that I'm either weak or that I still did not have the chance to become good at. So that's those are the... Uh, uh, the two main criteria that I use. Uh, so first, trust, trustworthiness, and second, somebody that can really complement my weaknesses. Oh, wow, man. We did not rehearse this, and I, I totally agree with you. My Also, my first point was the trust, because, you know, for me, it's more practical that if I know that I don't trust somebody, i thinking about you know, where can I catch that person cheating on me or, you know, what this person is doing again, rather than thinking, how can we progress further? So the trust is very important. So I can kind of get that, you know, untrustiness away and those stupid thoughts from my head, you know, the paranoia, whatever you call that. And uh, yeah, you know, that's a good point also about amending, you know, the other other person's skills, what he or she doesn't have. So you can, you, you, you can uh, do that. Cool. Okay. So what did you like on me? Well, f you, it was very, when I talked to you, then I came to your house uh, 
first, I was ready to pay for a few courses that I was able uh, to learn from you in those few meetings for free. So that to me, actually talking about delivering value, I consider that as being very valuable. Um, the second thing is I, I typically don't start projects or uh, 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 this larger, right? This larger uh, endeavors thinking, oh, how much money will I make, right? It's how it's, it's, it's not just about the money, right? And it usually to me, it, it doesn't start with the money aspect. And so I really cherish that aspect of you that you really embraced our meetings, testing the coffee, giving me feedback, suggesting books. And I remember that at that time, one thing that I couldn't real, uh, 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 figure out was what kind of grinder I should buy, <laughs> what kind of roaster, mini right sample roaster I should buy. And, you know, you can tell people, oh, there's so much literature out there. There's so much there. You name it, articles, videos. But there's there was not a easy way for me to find the proper answer because the more I did research, the more options I found, then it was harder to compare them. So you kind of really bridge that gap when it comes to I have green beans. How can I first roast them, grind them, cup them, score them? What really matters during all those steps? And obviously, I didn't have all the answers uh, right there. But you, you definitely made it clear that, William, what I have and what I know, I'll share with you. What I don't know, I, I will either... Uh, uh, suggest what you can do to learn or I will do research and I'll get back to you and you know to me that uh, th that really um, that was the cherry in the in the in the cake uh, so it was really the complimented the trust uh, all I uh, knew at that time that you knew about coffee and you being very honest and you know not not lazy whatsoever and oh. it wasn't about the money at the beginning. So that that's when I thought, okay, uh, this is definitely the person I would like to partner with uh, so I can continue living my IT dream together with the dream to do something really good, not just to my parents, but to our helpers. Uh, we don't even call them employees. That uh, I, we treat them like family, but also to the customers. I, I was... I was doing my MBA at that time and I knew how important it was, the customer experience or the customer is king. And when I would look at the the, the roasting industry, not bad mouthing anyone, of course, but uh, I noticed that people were very opinionated about which coffee was good or you should do your coffee this way. And I got a lot of answers like that. William, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about that, but you should do your coffee this way. And I thought, wait a minute, what if I don't like it? Right? Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, putting that all together, uh, that's really what I saw in you that I felt, okay, it sounds like a great opportunity to partner and uh, live those dreams. Well, just to clarify, I did this all before we agreed to start a business or even had the idea of the business. And that gives me, gives me one uh, big lesson from here that I should shut up so you can buy the lesson actually. Uh, okay. <laughs> Man, I'm learning here right away. <laughs> no, it's cool. So let, let me do the uh, favor to you. So what uh, I liked, 
Well, obviously, I like the whole story, and I knew that from Green Plantation, I learned that a story sells coffee. And, you know, I actually almost stopped doing Green Plantation in uh, around 2009 because I got bored with coffee. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm so bored with coffee. And that's when I discovered the third wave, and that's when I discovered that, you know, coffee is with stories and stories with the farmers. And the former human rights activist, that really resonated with me, and I kind of like revived the whole thing. I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. So you have that story. You have, you know, a, a great kind of attitude. You have the farm and that was just a, something new I never did. And I was like, wow, this is really awesome. But also when it comes to church selecting partners, you know, and I, as I said, I'm very careful about that. Uh, two things which came to me right away is that you are incredibly hardworking. And, you know, I thought about myself as that I'm hardworking. I spend most of my time working. But man, you, you like 10 times me. So I'm like, wow, you know, finally I have a partner who actually works on that project much more than I do. Wow, you know, that was uh, for me a, a, a big plus, uh, being a little bit egoistic here. <laughs> and, se- and the second was also the fact that uh, you are positive. Man, you, <laughs> you got kicked in your balls very hard, sorry for the expression, and you're still keeping it positive. And I have a tendency to become a grouch. I know about it myself, and I try to work on it. But, you know, it's like we are humans and we have our faults. But you keep it positive, and I knew that you know, anytime I'm down, you just take me out of that, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So that's why I think that this can actually work, you know. So as you said in the beginning, when you select your partners, if you ever select them, you, uh, you are looking for somebody who can complement you, and I think that really works in in this, you know. So, well, thank you very much for the compliment. Uh, uh, I, 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 I agree with you when it comes to the hard working part. I, I was never afraid of working. Uh, so I appreciate it. And yes, I'm, I'm all for it. And um, if, if when it comes to the, the whole, like the, the partnership and, and uh, going just beyond work and the, and the honesty um, and trusting the partner, to me, I, I feel like the, Sometimes you, there will be always challenges, right? And not not just in a partnership, but anywhere. And so my uh, one of the how I see things is when there are challenges, there are opportunities. And so my optimism par- partially come partially comes from that. That I I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what good can I extract from such this bad situation? There are some that are it's really terrible, and later on it takes a while for the. For the uh, for it to heal, but um, but yeah. So thank thank you. Thanks for the for sharing it uh, with not just with me, but with everybody. How cool! Yeah, that's cool. But, but yeah. let's you know not pretend that you know there's all love. So let's do the other way around. You know yep. <laughs> what would if, and I, and I phrase this question very nicely. What would you upgrade on me? And I will tell you then what I would upgrade on you. Nice. I, I, I like I like the question a lot. Um, no, I'd say I think I'll I'll pick back on one of the things that I that I mentioned before. I I, I see myself as like a pro business person, and one of the uh, I, I believe challenges for somebody who works with amazing coffee is that you want to deliver the best coffee at all times, right? Period. 
the no compromise. And that's actually one of the things that we, uh, we really strive for at Unleash Coffee. But um, since my MBA, when I started getting surveys out and asking people what they prefer, and even on later on talking to uh, grocery store owners and, and uh, even one of my latest uh, talks being a guest speaker back at San Francisco State University, I learned that a lot of people don't want to trade convenience for quality. So if I would have to say one thing uh, to change, I would probably just say that uh, uh, maybe we should uh, uh, think about the offering ground coffee and embrace that idea as much <laughs> as we do the whole beans. <laughs> so that, that would be the one thing uh, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, you know, I, I get that. But, uh, you know, for me, it's also a professional integrity. And, you know, don't misunderstand me. I think that I think you are right that many times I kind of take it to the extremes, but I believe that perfection and extremes brings you a different kind of clientele, you know. And I recently saw that there are a lot of companies which I have big respect and they do offer ground coffee. So, you know, maybe it's in the future, but uh, let me sleep on that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But, but you, you know, asked. I had to answer. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here is my to you. Yeah. Have you ever heard have, have you ever heard of uh, Pareto's principle? Yeah, yeah, 820. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. I think that you are such a perfectionist when it comes to certain things, especially because you are coming from an IT background that you sometimes don't let go. So, yeah. you know, the truth is that, you know, 20% of our efforts just to explain to people what Pareto's principle is that 80% of our effort, uh, sorry, that 20% of our efforts create 80% of uh, outputs. Now, sometimes to get to that other 20%, you know, from 80, to get from 80% to 90 or 200, you have to put much more input into that and takes much more time. It takes much more effort and sometimes not worth it. So, and you don't let go sometimes. So that's yeah. my only, you know, thing. That's, that's true. I, I, I do have a problem with that. And, and uh, uh, that always reminds me, uh, I have a funny story to share with everybody. Um, when I was uh, doing my, getting my engineering degree back in Brazil, I had a professor that he would always, his exams were always very tough. And there, there were only four questions. And he would give everybody five hours to complete those four questions. So you can imagine how hard they were. And people would come to him and ask, I didn't finish. I need more time. And his answer would always be the same. There's no impossible problem in an infinite amount of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I need to like reverse engineer that and, 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 and kind of like be okay with the very good is good enough, right? Uh, yes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes excellence is too costly. And the thing is that, that I totally get you because I was exactly the same. But as I acquired, you know, as I started to do more projects in my life, I realized that it's just not physically possible. I will fret about things. And, you know, especially like, uh, you know, building, let's say, the coffee courses or before we called it bootcamp coffee, we are building it for one and a half year. And today I know I could have released it much, much sooner. And I could work on the perfection a little bit later. You know, I could kind of like make it more perfect. But I didn't. So I lost a lot of money for that. So that was one lesson. There's many little lessons like that. So I, I'm, I'm still struggling with it a little bit, but I always have that in front of me. I try to kind of uh, accommodate that. So 
Uh, but well, you will learn it as a business person because yeah. now you are in a business field. <laughs> no, that's true. And actually, hey, the the podcast, uh, I, I, being an optimistic guy, right? I'm I'm always looking at when there are challenges, there are opportunities. So that's great for both of us right, to work on letting things go, not not wanting that twenty uh, percent that it's so hard to get, and, ah. and uh, considering the 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 ground beans moving forward. Let's work Many on that together. Many are too good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I think the ground beans has to happen now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we talked about how to select partner and we showed the examples how we selected. And the fun th thing is that we did not um, practice this, we did not rehearse this. So I did not know what William is going to say and William did not know what I'm going to say. So this was actually fun for both of us, I hope. Uh, okay, so let's talk about other question which uh, I get a few times, how to select a name. And... I have to say that this is the first time when the Pareto's principle kind of worked because, man, we struggled with this one. It took <laughs> such a long time. Remember uh, that? I, I remember driving with you in Oakland and we were going, I, I don't remember the coffee shop, and uh, uh, but uh, anyways, it, we were um, in the car and at that point, we still did not have selected the name and we were three and a half months into it and I could tell your frustration that uh, I was never like, okay, I was not letting that go, going back to your Pareto principle. <laughs> and I, but I thought, I feel so strongly about this. I cannot let it go, right? So when it comes to selecting the name, and it's it's good that you asked because I, I get that question. I even got that question two days ago when I uh, gave two talks in San Francisco. And um I personally wanted to combine everything. I wanted a name that would make sense, that would really translate our mission without explanation. I wanted a name that obviously we could have a .com domain. I wanted a, a name that people would understand, that would not be hard to pronounce uh, in, in, in most uh, countries or cultures, uh, an, a name that was unique enough so we could build a brand and use our IT skills to, to work on the SEO and everything else, a name that we could get uh, social media uh, 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 URLs, right? The, the pages, the links. So I tried to combine this all together into uh, a name that uh, would probably be like right, the, the key to the kingdom. And uh, then, well, uh, after that, I thought it's not just about me, right? Let, uh, Let's do survey, let's do interviews, let's do focus groups, and you name it, primary data collection, secondary, I did it all. And what I learned was that uh, there was no agreement on the very best name, uh, but deep down there, I knew the one. And I think that actually, you don't know this, I, I don't think I've ever told you that, but uh, I was sitting at your kitchen one day, and you told me, William, I'm happy with whichever decision you make, whichever you want to make it final. And I think maybe you were already tired <laughs> of the whole process, or maybe you were really like, you know what, we can go, we, uh, all these sound good. And, I, and that was a very important to me because I always feel that I don't, wanna, uh, I don't want people to see me as an authoritarian, right? This is it, I want this period. And so the name to, uh, I would say that the name was the most 
challenging thing from starting the business. If I consider all the amount of work and time that it took us, but I agree with you today, it looks like an instant hit. Everybody loves it. And I always get the question. I cannot believe that name was available. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so there it is. I'll let you give uh, your, your listeners uh, your version of it. Oh, no, no, it, it's great. And I hope you guys made notes what William said, you know, about how, how the technical aspects of it. So the dot .com domain for us, dot .com was important. If you are, let's say, in Europe, then that's in Germany, then .de would be very important for you. Because, for example, for me in Slovakia, it's very important that my uh, company has .sk domain and maybe .cz because Czech Republic also, you know, very close to us. So make sure that your domain is available. That's extremely important because you can select the best name and then domain is not available and that's just crazy. At this point, you know, I'm not an SEO expert, but I'm not a big fan of .coffee and .weird names kind of domains. If you're in the United States and you, your dominant market will be United States, .us is very good. I tested it. I have some .us domains and they work very well. But because Unleashed Coffee is going to be an international company at some point, that's our goal, we secured a .com domain. So he mentioned other things like the social media, you know, so just make sure. My criteria were uh, all these plus... I wanted to make, I wanted to have the name which is trendy. So I wanted to have a kind of a buzzing word inside. And I was looking into, you know, tech industry, which was kind of uh, weird because now I realized that it was oversaturated. So we could not really find a buzzing word from the tech industry, which we can use in, in the coffee uh, world. But we found the word unleashed, which is actually used a lot these days. I, I didn't even realize that, but, you know, from... You know, politicians to marketeers, everybody's unleashing something. So, so it became a buzzword. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. That, that works. So other, th other criteria which I had, because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a design freak a little bit. I like pretty things. I wanted to see those words, unleashed coffee or whatever coffee, work together. So if I imagine a logo, if I imagine how it will look like, I wanted to kind of like already see how it will look like. Okay. So, you know, if uh, like one, one name which we had, which I loved, which I would probably uh, prefer over, uh, over Unleashed today, not sorry, not today, but then was Tidbit because it's just pretty, you know, doesn't make any sense. It's not like you that doesn't have really the story like Unleashed has, but it's just pretty. It's Tidbit. And we actually secured a domain for that and everything. So when I, and by the way, just uh, to tell you, when I said to you that I'm, I'm, I'm done and you select whatever you want, we already got rid of the, the, the poisons, I would say, because we made a giant list. And as you said, we asked our friends, we sent them this list and said, look, which names you, you, you like, which you don't like. And we got so many mixed, um, like, like so many different opinions that we, you know, it was not possible to make. Uh, uh, a selection. So what we did actually, we kind of cut out, we selected like, I don't know, maybe 10 names. We liked the best. And from them, we went on and all those 10 were kind of fine with me. So uh, I, I actually, uh, it was so hard to get a, a unique answer or uh, uh, an average answer from people that I started having fun with it. And when I would, I would send surveys out or interviews or focus groups. And I was very clear 
choose your favorite name among the following list. Often, <laughs> I would get people suggesting other names. And I'm thinking, I gave you the list, just pick one from the list. And it kept repeating. And then I realized that, wow, you know, people, it's, I'm, I'm not going to make any everybody happy with that one name until I we really have the chance to build the story around it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, as you said, now it's amazing because, yeah, people, they they like the name a lot and they compliment, uh, compliment us. And uh, I think it's one of those things that say you're looking to buy a new car and you kind of narrow the models. All of a sudden, you start seeing those cars a lot more, right? Maybe because you pay more attention. And, and you said something about uh, a lot of people using those those the word unleashed, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, presidents, politicians, businessmen, TV stars. Ev- now ev- I hear everybody saying unleashed, unleashed, and I have fun when every time I say, "Hey, I may I should copyright that name." <laughs> so there's one other thing though, which I forgot. I wanted to have the word a positive connotation. That was very important for me. And uh, if the word can be used in a negative way, and there were a few names like that, I like even the name sounded good. I was just like, no, I don't want that because that word can be used in a way which you know has uh, a negative connotation. So uh, I got inspired with your positivity. So I wanted to have a positive name. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. I guess we're very happy uh, with it. And so are our customers, right, everybody? Well, you know, there's one. I heard one person recently say that they hate the name. And what kind of stupid name is that? <laughs> and and I was like, I, 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 my, that was my reaction. I was like, I laughed it off. And I was like, you know, you don't understand how much work <laughs> is behind that name. And how many, you know, like focus groups we did and, you know, it's just like, I was like, it's pretty obvious not everybody liked that name and that's okay, you know, uh, but I agree that most of the people are like, wow, that's an awesome name. How did you find it? And you go like, well, we, we worked a little to, bit on it. <laughs> we need to unleash that person's mind to good names. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> unleashing people's mind, let's help them a little bit. We had some names, I already mentioned the tidbit. And what were the other cool names? Do you remember them? Uh, I do remember a few. We had uh, Coffee Span. We had a Span with N, right? Obviously. Uh, we had uh, Dotto Coffee. We had Holmes Coffee. We had Brazils with Z Coffee. Uh, we had Murad Coffee, which I, even though it has my last name on it, I never liked it. I just secured it just in case. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we, we had a few. Uh, I think maybe if you're. Uh, 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 listeners get inspired by the conversation um, they can definitely reach out to you and I, I'll give you I'll send you the list of and some of those names are, are even available because I decided not to renew because we're so keen on on Unleash Coffee we, we don't want those other names oh, cool okay so let's do this uh, William sends me the list or I should you know still have access to it and uh, I can publish it under this episode of this podcast so you guys can you know get inspired and uh, if we secure the domain, because that's what we did, by the way, like, let's say, five, six names, we secured the domain before, you know, uh, we decided for the final one. But they those expired recently, so you guys, I think that, you know, they're free and you guys can register your domains, you know, if you like Tidbit, 
which I still like, by the way. <laughs> then you send us twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it's yeah, free. Yeah, that's true. And even you know, there are some of our, the names that we purchased that uh, we already decided we're letting those names go. Uh, I, I I don't know. But I'm, I think your answer would be the same. But I have no problems. Uh, Cool. Try rewarding your 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 listeners, even like if they say, "Hey, I want that name. Can you transfer it to me?" I'm fine transferring with that. I don't want any money for it. Uh, okay. If some, the person is is a nice, good person, has a good idea for a business, uh, I, I would be happy to help. I don't need. I don't want recognition. I'm just. It makes me feel good helping somebody else. You're a very nice person. Nicer than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just let kind of. Uh, Recapitulate, re- recapitulate a little bit. Um, so when you're selecting your name, uh, William, do you recommend to do these uh, focus groups or were they too confusing? Um, I do. Uh, it, as it, it, obviously, it's not easy. Uh, it, it's time-consuming. You definitely need to offer some reward unless you have a whole bunch of very good friends that would do for the friendship. Um, you know, my tech engineering engineer mind obviously would say yes data collection is extremely important however it's time consuming and it may not uh, help you answer the question that you have so at, at one in one hand i would say if you have no clue what to choose that may help you maybe it will help you exclude some names uh, uh, and maybe not so much finding the perfect name, which already helps. But if you already have a name that you truly believe, okay, this is what represents my mission, my vision, this is what's going to represent the company, and you can build a nice story around it, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That would be my suggestion. Um, one final piece of advice there is, I think it's very easy for people when they're asking questions on service focus groups to have like run on questions, so very long questions, multiple questions at once. That's what when I would uh, uh, suggest people that uh, when you're asking things, make it very short, like uh, extremely simple. Ask one thing at a time instead of having open ended questions, try to ask yes, no questions, Likert scale, right, from strongly agree to strongly disagree, uh, rate from 1 to 10, so you can quantify the answers, because otherwise you're, you're not going to be able to make sense of the responses. That, that's a very good tip, and if you don't give them a list of 100 names, but, you know, just yeah. a few names, so you, you, the, the best ones, you know, you, you, you want to answer on. And to be honest, you know, don't overthink it like we did, I think. Because uh, on the end of the day, we have the biggest, you know, company in the United States when it comes to coffee, or one of the biggest, you know, uh, coffee chains in the United States, Starbucks, which is, if you think about it, a pretty crappy name, right? It's a person from a book that has nothing to do with a coffee, has nothing to do with a story, except some dude in, in a co- uh, book called Moby Dick liked coffee, and they called it Starbucks. And look what they did. So on the end of the day, it's not going to be the name which will create a company, but it will be you. So, you know, just name it as you want and go for it. Yeah, I agree. That you mentioned earlier that um, uh, it's important to not choose a name that could be interpreted in a demeaning uh, way right? that, that would uh, detriment your brand. 
So uh, when you remove those names that could be seen uh, of uh, having a negative uh, uh, definition, uh, uh, all the other names, I believe, like it's up to you to build a beautiful story around it. And it doesn't have to be storytelling, right? As Valerian said, uh, if you build a beautiful log around it, if you build a beautiful website around it, a beautiful coffee bag around it, the name uh, will become less important when you put everything together. And let's not forget, these are our tips. Maybe you have other ideas and that's fine too because yes. man there is a company that kick ass coffee which <laughs> exists sells a lot of coffee it's name i would never use you know i would hard hard time to you know tell kids that you know where do you work well i work at kick ass coffee you know i would never say that but and then you have coffee uh what was it a trump coffee on 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 etsy which you know gives you into only 50% of the population, you know, so it's like, um, it's not our choice, but somebody chose it and they, it works for them. So, you know, if it works for you guys, just go for it. Here you go. All right. So I think we can close the first episode here. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about logo and design and other fun things. It's also something which I get a lot of questions about. So let's do that in a second episode. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, Valerian. I'm actually happy. And when Valerian said that we didn't prepare this, uh, that is true. I actually just uh, uh, drove home as fast as I could to be here on time. And I thought, hey, I'm going to take an hour before to prepare. But uh, but no, and hey, this is, has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's great to, to be able to answer these questions and uh, uh, discuss uh, subjects that we love so much. You know, in all the history of podcasts, you can always feel when a podcast was kind of pre, uh, when, when the because I'd never you know uh, rehearse it with the, with a guest, but sometimes guests take seriously the questions because I send the guests you know the questions ahead so they can kind of have a feeling what what we're going to talk about, and you can really feel when they kind of uh, rehearse them in front of the mirror, and those are my least favorite podcasts and podcasts which people just come up and we chat, those are the best I think. There you go. Hope to be part of that list. Let's go, episode two. <laughs> Let's go, episode two. <laughs> All right. Okay, this wraps up the first episode. I hope you guys had a blast. I hope uh, there was a plenty of information which inspires you in your businesses. I hope you join us in the second episode where we are going to talk about logos and design and packaging design and barcodes. And trust me, that episode will be full of awesome information. We will tell you about the process of designing our logo, which, oh man, uh, we tried everything from the cheapest to the most expensive uh, service. And then we are going to talk about uh, packaging design, you know, what we found uh, the most crucial that we wanted to have on our package. And then we're going to talk more about barcodes and where did we print. Just a little teaser, we print them in China, but we wanted to print them in the United States. Why did we not print them in the United States? Well, all that and more in the next episode. And by the way, if you like our story, if uh, our story resonates with you and you work in a cafe or a restaurant where you could use our coffee, or even if you are creating some uh, coffee-based product, we would be happy to work with you. Just drop us an email. And as always, if you have any questions, the Facebook group Coffee Is Me is there. Just keep posting them under this episode and we are going to address them either there or maybe in uh, next episodes. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this 
episode and talk to you very, very soon. Bye.